Uh, welcome to RUF. At RUF, we believe that you're never so bad that you're beyond the reach of God's grace. And at the same time, you're never so good that you're beyond the need of God's grace. And so that means wherever you find yourself coming off a of fall break, whether you feel like you're doing really well or whether you feel like you're doing terrible, uh, we want RUF to be a place where you can belong, a place where you can be honest about where you're at, um, because we believe that grace is true. We believe that um, God comes to us in kindness and mercy in the person of Jesus. And that's what RUF is all about. Uh, And this semester we've been considering uh, a series called A Better Story, and we've been looking at the Apostles' Creed, which you see up here. So as you can see, we've made it pretty far down into the Apostles' Creed. Uh, We have, last week we considered um, what it meant that Jesus ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God. Um, This week we're going to consider what it means that Jesus will come again to judge the living and the dead. Um, And so what does it mean that Jesus is uh, a judge, that he is coming again to judge the living and the dead? That's what this passage of scripture that Oliver read for us, it talks about God's judgment. It talks about God coming to judge. And the New Testament, when it talks about judgment, it says that Jesus is the one who is going to come and he is going to bring judgment. Uh, It says in Acts 10, it says that Jesus told his disciples to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. Um, so what, what kind of comes to mind when you hear the association of Jesus and judgment? Like, I don't know if that's a natural association that we have. Um, what comes to my mind when I hear Jesus and judgment, the first thing that I think is, well, Jesus is famous saying, judge not lest he be judged, right? There's this kind of uh, common idea that Jesus would never judge anyone. And yet, uh, I would encourage you, just like Google the word judgment in the New Testament, and you'll see most of the times when it's noted, it's mentioned in relation to Jesus. So there's this common vision throughout the New Testament that Jesus is going to be the one who brings judgment. That his second coming, when Jesus comes again, there is going to be a judgment. And so I want to submit to you that that's actually good news, because I think that's what this psalm that we're looking at tells us. This psm if you were paying attention while Oliver was reading in his smooth, sultry tone, um, you would notice that it begins with praise the Lord and it ends with praise the Lord. And in the middle, there's a lot of talk of God's judgment. And so what that is saying is that it is good news that God is a judge. It is good news that Jesus will come again to judge the living and the dead. Um, I know uh, all of you have seen the meme of uh, the kombucha girl, like with the, like the gross face and then the kind of like, hmm. Um, but like if you've seen the actual TikTok that it's based off of, like it's the girl uh, is trying kombucha, which if you don't know what kombucha is, it is a thing that millennials invented uh, <laughs> that tastes disgusting, but we've convinced ourselves is good and that it's actually good for us. Uh, but she like opens this kombucha and she says, it smells like a public restroom. Like I kid you not. It smells like a public restroom. And she takes a sip and she's like, Ugh. but then she sits with it and she's like, oh, no, actually that might be good. Uh, that to you is what I want to submit. That's what Jesus the judge is like. On the front end, it might smell a bit like a public restroom. On the front end, you might not like it. But I want to submit to you that it's actually something that is good news. And it's good news that we long for. So I just want to briefly, real quickly consider, how is Jesus the judge good news? How is Jesus the judge good news? We're going to consider that briefly. Then we're going to break into small groups like we did last week. So um, predictably, I have two points because that's how I work. So How is Jesus the judge good news? I want to say first, Jesus is good news for the sinned against, 
And second, good news for sinners. So good news for the sinned against and good news for sinners. Uh, So let me pray for us real quick and then we can get started. Heavenly Father, uh, we do thank you for this opportunity to be together um, for the first time in the same room two weeks in a row. That is remarkable. Um, (laughs) We're really grateful for that. Uh, I pray that you would help us as we consider a topic that for us um, might seem pretty foreign, uh, might seem a little bit weird, and um, I don't know, might not be something that we would naturally associate with uh, Jesus, um, that he will come again to judge the living and the dead. Um, So I do pray that you would open our eyes, that we might behold who you are, um, and in beholding who you are, that we might be transformed um, into people who are happier because we look more like you. All these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so first off, uh, so we're asking the question again, how is Jesus the judge good news? First off, it is good news for the sinned against. Um, In the passage, I know we don't have it up there right now, but in verse 7, It talks about how God executes justice for the oppressed. God executes justice for the oppressed. Uh, When the Bible talks about justice, it's talking about at least two things. It's talking about kind of a positive justice and a negative justice. Uh, So first off, positively, justice means providing for those who are oppressed. It means providing for those who who do not have food. It means providing for those who do not have the things that they need. Uh, Our passage tonight, it says that uh, God gives food to the hungry. He sets the prisoners free. He gives sight to the blind. He lifts up the downtrodden. And then it says he watches out for the sojourner, for the widow, and for the orphan. So biblically justice, there's a positive aspect of it where God is about the business of establishing the relationships that downtrodden people need in order to live rightly. God is about the business of providing for those who do not have things. So that's the positive aspect of justice. But there's also a negative aspect of justice. We see this also in the passage. It talks about how um, the way of the wicked God will bring to ruin. Negatively, justice means that God will see the wickedness that is done in this world, and he will not let it go unnoticed. It means that ultimately, though, we live in a world where bad things happen, and where people like make money off of things like enslaving other people, or they make money off of having like non-livable working conditions, and it seems like they're going to get away with it. They make a lot of money. They live what looks like a very happy life. But the good news of Jesus the judge means that that is not true. That Jesus sees it. That he sees it, and he's going to do something about it. God will bring justice to people who seem to get away with things. Um, I recently saw an article about this kind of massive multi-million dollar clothing company um, that uh, it was an expose kind of about the working conditions at their factory. And uh, they pay people at this factory the equivalent of about $550 a month. And they are expected to make 500 pieces of clothing a day. So that's about an 18-hour work day. Uh, They get one day off a month. Um, And if they mess up one of those 500 pieces of clothing, they have to forfeit a day's pay. Okay, so the fact that that God is about the business of justice, for people in situations like that, is very good news. It's very good news that that to them, what, what they hear with God's justice is that Jesus himself will judge this. That he sees this wrong, that he is not unconcerned with it, that he is committed to doing something about it, that their oppression does not go unnoticed. And though this company might make a lot of money now, though it might seem like it's flourishing now, Jesus will have something to say about it in the end. And I think this is good news for us too, though. 
I, I don't think that many of us can relate to that sort of like working and living situation. Um, but I think all of us can relate to being in a world where there's plenty of brokenness. We can relate to a wor- being in a world where there's plenty of injustice. And this is true both like systemically when we look at the world around us, but also personally. Like we all have things in our story that are just not the way they should have been. And if we're honest, we don't really know like what to do with that. Uh, the best way that I can think about it, like on campus, like we live in a world on this campus where things like sexual assault are dismissed because of a technicality, not because it didn't actually happen. Or we live in a world where, where or like very immediately on this campus where people, when things happen to them, they don't want to report it because they're scared of what might happen to them. Y'all, that is not the way that it's supposed to be. That is not the way that it's supposed to be. Victims have to consider, like, is it worth it to pursue justice because honestly it might not work out? And what I want to say to you, if that's something that you can relate to, if that's something that your friends can relate to, the fact that Jesus is coming to judge the living and the dead, it means that there will come a day where all of that that was done in secret will be brought to light. There will come a day where abuse will be called abuse. There will come a day where manipulation will be called manipulation. There will come a day where the the ways that people have used their power over people and they've completely gotten away with it, there will come a day of reckoning. It's like that that Johnny Cash song, you can run on for a long time. Sooner or later, God's going to cut you down. That's what God's justice means. That Jesus is going to come to judge the living and the dead. It means that he sees you in your pain. It means that he sees the wrong things that have happened to you, and he weeps. And he is so moved that he is going to come again, and he is going to do something about it. So I don't know where you are. I know all of us in varying degrees have been sinned against. Some of us in really great ways. Some of us with ways that we haven't really even come to terms with. But I just want you to know that Jesus sees you in that. That he sees you. And the fact that he is coming back to judge, it means that he's going to do something about that. That it doesn't go unnoticed. So, Jesus the judge is good news for those who have been sinned against. But second, I want to submit to you that Jesus the judge is good news for sinners. It's good news for sinners. So this psalm that we read through uh, at the beginning here, it would have been sung by people who were keenly aware of the fact that they were not perfect. It would have been sung by people, as it talks about in this psalm, it talks about how God watches over the fatherless um, how God is, he helps those who are oppressed, he gives food to the hungry, he sets the prisoner free, he lifts up those who are bowed down. This would have been, this, the people who sang this psalm originally, and just like us, they would have heard that and they're like, well, honestly, I don't care that much about those sorts of people. Or maybe I want to care about people who are oppressed, but if I'm honest, I don't really even know where to start. There were a lot of people who would have been singing this psalm for the first time, and indeed us, as we're looking at this, we might be considering like, I don't know that I really care that much about people who are downtrodden. I don't know that I care that much about people who are oppressed. Honestly, I'm just kind of trying to do my own thing at this point in my life. So how in the world could there there be good news in the midst of this if we're kind of confronted with the character of God and we see that we don't match up with it? Uh, Well, the good news is not that really like deep down we're actually good people and none of that matters. That does actually matter. It does matter. The good news, we see it in verse 5. It says, Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever. 
Again, the hope is not that we're actually good people deep down. The hope that we have is in God himself. The hope that we have is in God himself. And, and the fact that he keeps faith forever. Uh, when this psalm says that the Lord keeps faith forever, it means that he knows us. It means that God doesn't just date us, he marries us. That God is committed to us. That he knows our wavering, he knows the ways that we have run from him, and he's committed to us. But not only does he know us, not only is he committed to us, he also did something extravagant for us. He did something extravagant to protect us. Uh, The good news of the gospel is that Jesus the judge was judged for us. Jesus the judge was judged for us. Uh, I heard a story recently um, about this woman uh, from a town in Henryville, Indiana. Her name was Stephanie Decker. Uh, I don't know if you uh, remember, but in 2012, there were a lot of tornadoes that went through kind of that part of Indiana, and it was kind of a big news story for a while. Um, but Stephanie Decker, on this night that all the tornadoes were coming through, she was home alone with, two, with her two kids. She had a, a boy and a girl. And, uh, you know, the alarm started going off. She went downstairs um, to kind of try and protect herself and her family. Didn't think it was going to be that bad, but it became apparent that uh, this was going to be a really bad storm. And not only was it going to be just one storm, it was going to be a series of storms that were really bad. So as the storm started getting really terrible, the house started shaking. She put her kids, um, she kind of put her kids down here, and then she put a blanket over them to kind of try to protect from the debris. But then things started kind of like flying everywhere. So eventually she realized she had to do more to protect them. So what she did was she wrapped herself around the outside of this blanket, protecting her children. They were completely underneath her. And the storms like raged, wave after wave hit. There were beams that were falling, all sorts of debris in the house. In the end, she ended up having about seven broken ribs. There was this beam that fell on her legs that completely severed her legs off. And her life was completely changed forever. She went through so much. But the thing was, her sacrifice meant that her kids could come out without a scratch, without a scratch completely. And what I want to submit to you is that's what Jesus did on the cross. On the cross, Jesus wrapped himself around his people. He wrapped himself around us and took the justice. He took God's displeasure at our sin upon himself. And the good news is that the one who judges us, the one who will judge the living and the dead, he still bears those scars on his body. He bears the scars of the suffering that he did in our place. That is the one who will come to judge us. I love the way that uh, the Heidelberg Catechism uh, summarizes this. It's kind of in a question and answer format. It says, how does Christ's return to judge the living and the dead comfort you? And the answer is this. It says, in all distress and persecution, with uplifted head, I confidently await the very judge who has already offered himself to the judgment of God in my place and removed the whole curse from me. Christ will cast all his enemies and mine into everlasting condemnation but will take me and all his chosen ones to himself into the joy and glory of heaven. So Jesus coming again to judge the living and the dead, it's good news. It's good news for those who have been sinned against, and it's good news for sinners. Um, But I want to just kind of explore maybe like, what does this actually look like in our lives? Like how might this flesh itself out? Um, How would believing this, how would taking this and kind of integrating it into your life, how might it change the way that you live. Um, I just want to give one suggestion. I think if we take this and and we kind of bring it into the most central part of our hearts, if we start to believe this story, I think that we can become people who love justice without being judgy. 
We can be people who love justice without being judgy. So first, we can become people who love justice. Uh, we can become people who love the justice of God. Uh, we can become people who, who execute justice for the oppressed, who set prisoners free, who open the eyes of the blind, who lift up those who are bowed down, who watch over sojourners, who uphold the widow and the fatherless. We can become that sort of person because we have solidarity with those who are suffering, because we know that Jesus came to us in our suffering, that he didn't leave us alone. And so when we see people who are suffering, we don't see like, oh my goodness, this poor person. We see ourselves. We see ourselves as those who suffer. We see ourselves as those who struggle. And so we can love justice. But secondly, we can love justice without being judgy. can love justice without being judgy. We can love justice without being jerks. Why? Because Jesus was judged for us. Jesus was judged for us. The penalty for all of our wickedness was laid upon him. So when we consider any sort of issue, justice issue whatsoever, uh, we can kind of have that as our, our paradigm. That it's not the fact that I just like get it and everybody else is terrible. Like in the most meaningful sense, I did not get it. That's why Jesus came. And Jesus came and took the penalty. Jesus came and took the penalty and reconciled me to himself. So we can therefore advocate for righteousness and justice from a place of humility. So if this story sinks in, then we can become people who love justice without being judgy. So I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to break into small groups.